0: Recording from beautiful Fort Worth, Texas, this is the Artist and Octane Podcast, where we discuss art, entrepreneurship, and man's unending love affair with the automobile. I am your host, Robin Moody, bringing you in-depth, or at least entertaining interviews with the most amazing people that you've never met. What day is it, guys? Guess what day it is? It's episode 10 day. That's right, guys. We have 10 episodes, 10 weeks of the Artisan Octane podcast under our belts. Thank you to all the guests that we've had so far. You're all rock stars, but really, thank you to the listeners. If we didn't have anybody listening, then what is it? It's just like, did a tree fall in the forest? Did it didn't make sound? I don't know. Today's guest is Keith Sawyer from Infamous Air Suspension. Uh, He's going to talk about being an entrepreneur. He's going to talk about being a musician. Uh, He's going to talk about how he had six 12 inch subs behind the seat of a standard cab Dodge. First truck. Such a cool story. Listen, there's that and more. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. I'm on the paleo diet now. All I can eat is like blueberries and and bacon or something like that. So I'm going to get some of that. Let's go. All right, guys, and as you've heard from the introduction, today we have Keith Sawyer from Infamous Air Suspension and Infamous Metal Fab on the RS and Octane podcast. Super happy to have him. He uh, graciously allowed us to uh, join him in his podcast well, they call it a pool house, but this is like a chill room, man. I, you know, I'll, I'll take some pictures and uh, maybe post them up on Instagram so you guys can check it out. But uh, very cool room, cool vibe. Really, really honored to have Keith on the show. So, what do you need to know about Keith if you if you haven't heard of him? Um, so, Keith Sawyer is a fabricator. He's been an entrepreneur for over twenty years building. <laughs> cool shit. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just, you break it down. I mean, that's what he does. Um, he is a musician, plays guitar. He um, He's built over 50, or actually right around 50 feature vehicles. We kind of lost count somewhere along the way. Uh, roughly 10 cover trucks, countless SEMA vehicles. I mean, I don't even want to know. But I mean, every year we have that SEMA crunch. Well, except this year. <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute, but uh, anyway, um, so without further ado, Keith, say hi. Hey, how are y'all? Good, man. Awesome, awesome. So real quick, we'll just get into something. We'll get into the uh, the identity politics as we usually do uh, every episode. So as you, when you and I were growing up, you know, children of the 80s, it, politics wasn't really, it didn't matter as much for whatever reason. I don't know. I, I It's it's very curious. I'm, as I get older, I'm trying to figure out if, I didn't notice or if it just wasn't that way. I think it was just wasn't that way, but that's just me. Um, but what really did matter back when you and I were kids was what were what kind of car guy were you were you a Chevy guy were you a Ford guy were you a Dodge guy and I bring up Dodge you know Dodge doesn't get a whole lot of love on the on the show unfortunately um but uh but I do know you have a Dodge in the driveway so I just wanted to you know what's your brand loyalty what kind of what where if you had to someone handed you 50 grand to go buy a new truck or whatever like what would you go buy or what are you currently driving
1: go uh definitely be a Dodge truck for sure um you know, we, my family wasn't really Dodge guys. Just kind of something that I, my first vehicle, and after that, fell in love with them. Um, and to, to answer your question, I'd, I'd go buy a three quarter ton Dodge four wheel drive truck just to drive for my daily, which is what I have. Right. Um, you know, just they're handy, works good, they drive good. That you know, it, it does everything I need it to do.
0: So. Right. Right. Yeah. It's. I think it probably is the same answer that I would give for a Toyota. Oh yeah. It. It's an appliance. Yeah. It it's gonna work. You know, I mean I, I brought oh. this up once before. Um, you know, you never think about your refrigerator and the fact that it always works. Until it doesn't. Right. <laughs> well, exactly. But I mean it's years and years of that thing sitting there just keeping all your food cold. Yep, that's right. Keeping your beer cold. That's right. Right? But you never think about it. Well, that's and, and there's sort of like a sense of uh I don't know, safety or um not safety, but like you know, you are just like oh, okay, cool. That that's taken care of. I don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I think that I think that for me, that's how I feel about the Toyota. And it sounds like that's the way you know the experiences that you've had with your Dodges. They they're there for you. Oh yeah, very much. Nice. So so you said your first truck was a Dodge, and that's that's that kind of plays into another question that I like to get out of the way here. Is uh, tell me more about your first truck. What year was it? Model uh it was mods an, for you it was it was a
1: 1997 uh wheel drive single cab dodge ram what color silver of course <laughs> and, it, and uh yeah i ended up lifting it i ended up getting it on the 38 inch super swampers nice and you know in east texas that was what you did yeah so you know driving to school it was that was <laughs> what got me <laughs> to <laughs> and from man that was what was cool so that's what, what i did what engine was in it the V6. Oh boy! It was yeah, it was a dog. Jeff gears? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> it's dual drive. Why does <laughs> it need that for? Right. So uh, yeah. Thirty eight inch swampers. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. So uh, to hell with that
0: transmission. Yeah, it's long gone now I'm sure. Right, right, right. <laughs> Man, body lift. Oh yeah. How much?
1: Uh, three inch body lift, and I I can't remember how much I got out of the suspension, but I maxed it out. I I I went after every avenue I could to get it up as high as I could. So especially back then there wasn't a lot available for it were you
0: at that age were you doing any fabrication
1: no i was doing car stereo stuff more than right on so what city in east texas lufkin lufkin okay
0: Mm -hmm. okay shout out lufkin yeah um all of our lufkin listeners oh yeah um but uh yeah maybe today maybe this is where it'll start Uh, um right on right on um so you're a music guy obviously you know people everybody uh, we're in this uh, this cool room uh, outside of Keith's house and he's got his guitar collection I'm sitting here looking at It's just unbelievable gorgeous and um what I was thinking about today you know Jason Loralis is a buddy of mine and he he said you know you need to ask people what they're listening to like what kind of music they listen to and and I at first I was kind of like eh but then the more I thought about it like music means a lot to me mm-hmm. um you know I I'm I don't I'm one of those people, like once I find the uh, item on the on the menu at the restaurant that I like, it's all I ever listen to. Yeah, like I don't listen because every time I try something new and different, it's like, ugh, I wish I just paid for the damn thing that I always like. Yeah, um, but I do occasionally sort of like get out of my lane on the music thing and check out other stuff. And so I was like, you know what? That there's actually a lot of validity to that uh, that suggestion. So that's something that I'm adding in. Um, So what I was thinking about for you, because I know you guys listen to a lot of music here. Every time I come over here, you guys are jamming out to everything. I mean, it could be gangster rap. It could be the Beastie Boys. It could be like really old, like Merle Haggard. It just, I mean, you know, I've known you and Marcos forever. Mm -hmm. And uh, you guys are always listening to, you know, like a really eclectic mix of things. So what I was thinking about, you know, how to sort of... uh, That or parse that question down to something that was applicable was let's say that it's a weekday, but none of your guys are in the shop for whatever reason, and you're working. What does Keith put on the massive sound system in the fab shop? Uh, the um, Marcus King band's a a good, a really good one that I've been listening to a lot lately.
1: Um, and what's Marcus King band like for those who I don't know? So it's he's he's like Southern Rock. Okay. Um, Outstanding guitar player. Okay. Um. Young. Okay. R- super talented. Like you know, worth looking up. Okay. Um. There's another band I've really been digging a lot lately. Uh. Called Roosevelt. Okay. And he's a, he's a European guy. For yeah, a European guy basically plays all the instruments, does everything himself. Okay. He's one Phil of those. Collins-ish. Yeah, but more a little bit different. He's uh he's he's definitely uh. He, he, Pretty awesome to, to 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 hear and experience. Okay. Um, and then uh, the Bee Gees, man, that's 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 a new thing that I've been jamming, really and truly. That's uh, awesome. It's it. You know, I'm I'm always searching for new music, and I know the Bee Gees been around forever, but I'm always in search of of. That's 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 a really fun thing for me to do is to find the new thing that that's makes you know. I love music, so it's right. You know,
0: right. Yeah, I get that. You know, so this is kind of funny. Um, when I was my first truck, I had a big stereo in it, and it was a '86 Mazda B2000 long bed, and I had like I had like three tens behind the seat and a standard cab truck. And I mean, just jamming big, you know, I mean, I mean, it was nothing, it was nothing crazy. I wasn't winning SPL competitions, but I mean, like if I could stuff it inside, I was doing it. We had, I think we had solo barracks in there back in the day. Oh yeah. 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 Right. Oh yeah. So, um, but I always, I don't know why I thought it was funny, but I always thought it was funny to like, um, confuse people's stereotypes. You know, I'm driving this slammed Mazda. It was on torsion bars, and I had all the blocks. Oh, yeah. I had all the blocks. Um, I think we cut the bump stops off at some one point, and then I kept breaking the shocks because I was slamming it down because the bump stops were gone. So then I was just running with no shocks. So it was just boating in the front, you know. Oh, real, yeah. but uh, So I had this, ch- and it was on 14s, you know, chrome 14s, low, low profiles you could get on 14s. And, you know, it's kind of – you know, that low rider mini truck look back in the eighties and nineties. And, you know, people had assumptions. And so I always thought it was funny to sort of like counter the assumptions. So I would, I would put uh Bee Gees on and like, like, like really like funky disco. Oh yeah. Like, like nothing like, you know, you know, not, uh, nothing like, you know, could you be loved or anything like that? But like, like really, yeah. And I would just jam out. Oh, and then, uh, um, um, um who what is the band? Uh what do you th- who mm, anyway, I can't think of it. I'll think of it later anyway. I don't want to make make people sit there listen to me try to think listen think, to the gears Think about your music. To. Yeah. Um but there's another band that was uh kinda like like classic not classic rock, but like sort of like modern classic rock ish. And yeah, I'd listen to that. It was like um so that kind of stuff. But yeah, so I used to listen to B- – as a matter of fact, I still have all my BG CDs. That's awesome. That I used to throw in. It's like I had, like, bass mechanic and then the BGs. Yeah. You know, like, you know, it's like I was going to uh, uh, annoy people or I was going to annoy people.
1: Oh, yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. I needed – I was going to touch on my first truck because you you talking about this reminded me of uh in my lifted single-cab 2-wheel drive Dodge on 38s, I had six uh, Memphis 12s. <gasps> In in it, and I did. Uh, I had three of them behind my head, and then three of them on on your back in the cab. Yeah, in a single cab. In I, the cab, I walled it up. Yep, and I was. I'd, I would go through drive-throughs, oh and people God. would people would freak out. I'm freaking out. Yeah, because you know I had the twelves. <laughs> Yo, know, and then I had two Memphis Thousand Ds under the seats, and that's what drove Jeez. that's what drove it. Wow! I,
0: <laughs> oh my
1: god, I'm freaking out. Did you have Did you have enough mid range and tweets to Oh to yeah, it out? oh yeah, because I did the kicks in the in the floor and yeah. in the doors because the the Dodges had six by nines in the doors.
0: Mm-hmm. By know? nines, yeah. Did and so,
1: and I, I had an, <laughs> I had those on an amp, and it was oh yeah, and a single cab truck. It was that's loud,
0: insane, dude. Oh yeah, I don't even want to talk about my stereo anymore. <laughs> so in my truck we put the amps um behind the seat the seat of the headrests yeah yeah we built a big wall and then i left the hole in the middle and it, it didn't have ac because first truck and so but it had the sliding you know the little sliding back window yeah so i could still see out the back window but i had um sony i had a sony 120 and a sony 4040 um behind each headrest. Oh yeah. And then I had the tens in the bottom. And then my buddy, shout out Kurt Otto. Um, I've known him since the third grade. He and I, you know, have always been we were both big speaker heads and stuff back yep. in the day. And um man, he was good at calculating airspace. Oh yeah. Like he could like I could just be like, I want to put a speaker right there and he'll go, okay, and he'll like get out his tape measure and he'll do all the he'll do all the math for um like the the volume of the speaker and then like the thickness of the wood and oh, he's yeah. like okay well we can do it but we'll have to push this out here and he had all that down I suck at math I've never been good at it's why I'm in sales is because <laughs> I suck at math and so man he would always design like the best speaker boxes and they oh, would yeah. always sound perfect it's
1: just doing the math on it yeah, that, yeah that, but easy. i mean it's
0: just like like being able to um being able to i don't know to me like being able to visualize and account for all of those extra components like the mass of the cone it's like oh well i've got you know i've got 2 2 cubic feet right there or i've got a cubic foot right there for a 10 but like actually you know, once you like, oh, well now I'm going to use three, you know, half inch plywood or, you know, plywood, but particle board, or three quarter inch particle board. And MDF. Then, yeah, MDF, right. I'm going to use MDF and then I'm going to have this and then there's going to be the thing. And how, what are you going to do about that? Well, that's going to throw you off by, uh, you know, a quarter of a cubic foot. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, and I'm getting all stressed out. He's like, don't worry about it. We'll make it fit. So, yeah, we remember the old fifth order boxes. Which one? It was just one. It was a bandpass box. I don't know. They used to call them. I don't know. It was a fifth order box. If it really was, but basically it was like a bandpass box, and it had like this big port. I don't know. It was a ridiculously huge box. Yeah, they were big. Yeah, but they- but um, you could make one twelve sound like four 15s. Oh, I just yeah. remember that back in the day. It was just dumb. <laughs> it was just dumb. My dad had a Chevy Blazer. I was going to put a bunch of those in, but it never worked <laughs> out. That's a whole story in itself. Cool. Cool. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we shook that memory loose. Yeah, there you That's go. That's a cool memory. That's insane, dude. Six twelves in a standard cab truck.
1: Yep, I've got to have pictures of it somewhere. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, six of um, It was the. It was. There were Memphis. There were the. There were the black cone, and the, they had the M, but it was kind of like. Were they the shallow or the regular? They were the shallow ones, yeah, because okay. I was limited on space. Well, yeah. Yeah.
0: You think? Yeah. It was Keith's driving around with his head pointed at, dude, I, it, at the Dude, I had a
1: cone right on my head. Like, one of them was right on <laughs> my head. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs>
0: that's so awesome. Oh. So,
1: yep, that was it. The drive-thrus, oh, I'm telling you, they man. would freak out. because they'd, they'd, they'd hand me, like, my food, and they'd be like, oh, my God. Look at, look at, what
0: is that? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, dude, flexing. Flexing Listening them. to Ozzy. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Man, that's cool. That's a great story. Pretty funny. Oh, man. All right. So, as I mentioned sort of in a pre-show, I reached out to some of the artists in Octane Nation, as I like to call them. And I said, you know, okay, well, what what questions would you guys like to have answered? Because, you know, thankfully, you've been around in this area for a long time and you, you know, you have a following and I said, you know, there's gotta be a lot of people around here that know Keith, but they don't know. Maybe they have some questions that they would like to ask him maybe over beers or something, but it's just, you're, you're a hard guy to, you're a hard guy to get to sit down. Yeah. Really. I, I mean, am. you're busy. Yeah. You know? I mean, anybody who's, I mean, you know, this is not scumbagging you, but like anybody that's on your waiting list knows how busy you are. right? Yeah. Anybody that wants to have a car in your shop, they know how busy you are. We'll get to that. We'll get to that though. Yeah um so i'm gonna ask a couple questions here and um and we'll just kind of play around with it and if it turns into a squirrel as we just learned squirrels are the best so I'm yeah all that's about fine squirrels so what was your favorite build that you've ever done like the, what's the one that sort of pops up you are like man that was just the coolest for and then why uh definitely the tundra the green one yeah because that that's funny. I was, I was going through my pictures real quick to interrupt you. I was going through my pictures to like promo you on social media that I was going to meet with you. And I had the picture. I think I literally like took a picture of my TV of you standing next to the chick from power Courtney. Power, Hanson, Courtney yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and I was like, man, I, maybe I should post that up. But then I was like, God, that's so long ago. You know, people aren't even going to remember that.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's when, it's kind of when everything changed, um, yeah, for us. Yeah, you know, because what you know, we shops pop up, they come, they go, you know, and sure. and, and and we were right there with them. You know, it was I was in a small little bitty shop. It was a it was not nice, um, but we built a lot of trucks in there, man. Yeah, and, you it, did. and, and uh, you know, and that one, that one kind of paved the way. It started the path, you know. Is I guess would be the best way to put it. But yeah, it. It was a lot of late nights, and I basically—I more or less built that for free mm. to do it, to get— I remember that. Yeah, and so I would work all day, and then I would stop at about 5 or 6, and I would jump on the Tundra and work till about— you So know, that
0: was 2009? Uh, no, we took that to—it it was 8-ish. No, it was it was 8. Like eight okay. Yeah, 8, 9. And that was a 2008 Tundra, or 7? Sh- seven? Seven. 7. So this was the first year of the new body style, mm-hmm. and it was a— the it had the it had the the third it had the extra cab the extra cab right it wasn't a it wasn't the crew max it's whatever the non-crew max it was it was like the extended yeah cab right.
1: version of yeah yeah so yeah and it, we and we it was a buddy of mine um george who yep. who who basically did it kind of funded the the truck and the he got everything there and then and he 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 paid us enough to just kind of cover us, basically is what it was when it came down to it at the end. So which was good. You know what I mean? He it's that's all we wanted and that was part of the deal.
0: So 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 just let's let's lay the groundwork here because you know, again, not everybody knows what you and I know, and I don't know that much, but I remember that truck. Yeah. So setting the scene. It's two thousand eight, two thousand seven, you're throwing a truck on what month? It was a short it was a short order. I I basically had forty eight days to build it. 48 days to body drop, mm-hmm. a brand new body style, new, the, the newest body style, Tundra. It's only been out since 2007. Yeah. And you had 48 days to have it ready for SEMA. Yep. Um, and what all did you do to it?
1: Uh, I mean, basically, we built a three-quarter chassis. So, we kept the front clip, but we cut everything off of it, of course, and built our own front suspension. And then... In the rear, basically, we just built a frame pretty much from the firewall back, and then we did. We had to have done a three link on it. I don't remember exactly what we
0: did, but we did either a three
1: link or. It may have been four link. Link. I I a four link. I don't. Link, remember, I don't remember. Man. There was the
0: other one. The yeah, he was talking about how that one was a two link.
1: Yeah, well, we did, that one I don't remember, but basically just a full suspension to do. Yeah. We were we were we were in. Go mode, you yeah. know, there was, and, 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 but it, man, it was built well. You yeah, know, was. That, that's the thing. I mean, it, it drove good. It, it did everything it was supposed to do. You know, um, when we got it to SEMA, I had never even really driven it. Mm. And Chris over there at crime pays at the time was, uh, he was like, you got to drive it. I was like, I don't know, if, I don't know if it's ready, man. Cause I'm big on them being right. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and, and testing them yep. and, and testing it on Las Vegas Boulevard is not ideal for mm. me. Mm. That's a lot of eyeballs. Um, Yeah. You know, and for something that's got open headers, because that was the only thing we didn't have done on it for the most part was it didn't have exhaust on it. So we're driving up and down Las Vegas Boulevard with open headers and, you know, the fumes are horrible.
0: So, but it, 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 it passed the challenge. Nice. So for whatever reason, this, this, uh, memory sticks with me, especially after it came back is that, um y'all had a, a gps like a like what was it a tom tom or something like that you had like the gps stuck to the window yeah because that was the speedometer yes
1: uh for whatever reason we ended up getting we ended up getting that fixed I, I forgot about that but yeah that's that is 100 percent true yeah you know i just
0: remember that i was like i was like well how do you get around that and they're like oh we got gps the gps tells us how fast we're going and does. i was like i was like Huh. And you know, I've done, I've used that before. Yeah. Like I'm, cause like my truck has gears on it now, my Forerunner, And like, I don't really, I don't always know exactly how fast I'm going. So I'm like, I wonder how fast I'm going. Then I remember the, the, the Tundra. And then I remember that I have the app. Yep. And it's like, so anyway, I mean, I know it's sort of like a, it's a really long, a long string of, of things to get there, but it's like weird how that my brain goes back to that day that I was in the old, old shop. Yep sitting there and somebody was sitting in the truck and i was like what's that for and like oh that's our speedometer it's the gps and I was we like, don't know how fast we're going <laughs> yeah because i remember i think i was asking some dumbass question like what do you need gps for where are you driving this to you know yeah right and he's like oh no that's how we know how fast we're going i was like oh that's yeah. genius so um most challenging build um
1: the hardest thing I've ever built at the shop it, it would be uh a chassis I built for a C10 Eddie's chassis.
0: Okay. Um Oh, is that the one that was all like swoopy and yeah, curvy? Yeah. Yeah, that's that it
1: took me 2 years to build that and Uh-oh. it was um I remember that. Yeah, it's 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 it was the hardest thing I've ever built as far as like
0: complexity and yeah. what was involved in. It. And if you see it, you you'll get it. So, um I know I, I, I'm a little late on this, but you know if any, any of you guys that are listening right now, jump on Instagram, get on infamous metal Fab or air suspension, which one is it for uh, I think it's infamous metal Fab yeah, get on infamous metal Fab, scroll through all the goodness that Keith creates they make some really cool stuff here and there's some pictures of this uh, chassis, of this yeah. chassis yeah the uh, I still remember the uh, upper and lower control arms. And oh how yeah they were all swoopy yeah man. They were cool looking. So cool. Yeah. Man, it was so cool. Yeah, that truck was nuts. Yeah. It's it's still getting...
1: Uh, Levi's over there building it at uh, Hammer Fab. He's finished up all the sheet metal and stuff. It, it looks
0: good. It looks really good. I remember... So, did that have a... Did that have an X frame or no? No, it was a regular ladder ladder style frame, right? What the the, the, the frame like the actual chassis. It, it, it swooped
1: too. Like right. It it, it it everything was arched and flowed. So, you, you know what I mean?
0: So, to correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys had did you guys already have a plasma? Yeah. So y'all was, y'all made y'all made the box sections. Didn't you? It, everything's built from yeah. plate. Everything's built from flat plate. Right. And formed. So, yeah. so, so. Just imagine this. So you're starting with a blank space. You've got attachment points, maybe on a frame table. Kind of, like, kind of organic. Yeah. yeah. It just was, and then and then Keith cuts out these flat pieces of what was it three sixteenths? Yeah, it's all built out of three sixteenths. Three sixteenths plate cuts it out with his plasma table and then forms it into a shape that's very flowing, very you got to see it i may i may i may screenshot it and post it on on the artisan octane page because it's so dope um and just you know is a quick reference for everybody but he's just like forming this like really amorphous there's nothing that existed before and he's creating a whole chassis for a truck in empty space yeah out of flat plate Mm -hmm. just nuts man it's just nuts. Um, I mean no no question why it took two years. I mean that's it's probably fast.
1: Yeah, it was you know, and I worked on it pretty much every day. I, I would you know, I'd get four or five hours a day sure. with with the with all the other stuff I have to deal with, you that's know. That's
0: awesome. So that's yeah, cool. It, it was it was it was fun. It, um is a hot dog a sandwich or a taco? Sandwich. Okay. Okay. A good sandwich. Brandon Scott asked that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, it's what I said too. I was like, uh. Um This is a good one. This is from Jared Wolverton. He says, at what point did you realize that your shop was successful? Oh. That's a good question. Yeah.
1: Honestly, buying my building, not renting. You know, when we finally got out of the renting game and bought a building, you know, um, that was, that was a, a big accomplishment for me was being able to actually get to the point to where we, you know, we were no longer renters anymore. We were actually in our own space. So, you know, that, that's to me, that's a big deal. It's, it's, you know, we permanence. Yeah. And, and it is, you know, I mean, that's what I tell people. I'm like, look, this is it, you know, and people are like, you need more, you need this. I'm like, no, nope, I'm good. I mean, it's, you know, I'm happy with
0: what this is so, yeah. And, and if I remember correctly, so how many, so real quick, uh, we're going to have listeners that, uh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, we're going to have listeners that, uh, don't know who you are. Yeah. Um, haven't, uh, haven't definitely haven't been here. Maybe don't follow you on Instagram. So, so let's back up. So I'll go ahead and put the questions down for a second. Um, what would you say that you do? Like, like you meet somebody at a restaurant or at a bar and they've never met you. What do you tell them you do for a living?
1: Uh, <laughs> that lo- basically custom fabrication. Um, that's kind of, I mean, when you tell them that you bag trucks, people don't get that. Right. Um, it's, that's not a thing that, that the normal average Joe gets, you know? And then when you tell them you put a truck on the ground, they don't get that either. Right. So, uh, based on we custom fabrication, but, but it's you know we auto we cut trucks up but that's not how I don't know how would say yeah, it it's exactly weird. yeah
0: it's it's a tough question to answer it's hard to articulate to Yeah, make sound, and make it sound as you know professional as it what it really is yeah you
1: know and that's that's what it is and then you the best thing you can do is show them a picture you know and, and it's and then when they see it they're like oh you know then yeah. it kind of opens their eyes to it so that's you know but custom auto fabrication would yeah. be what I is how I
0: in the professional way i would say it i guess you know i
1: understand that so
0: when i tell people i make uh, scrap metal art they look at me real funny and then they go steampunk and i go no <laughs> no <laughs> that's probably when people ask you if you build lowriders
1: yeah a lot i get that a lot i'm like yeah, i mean yeah. I, I, I guess you could call you it can. that
0: but it's not i mean you can yeah but you don't no i don't um okay um and how long has infamous air suspension been around opened the shop in
1: 2006 um and uh but i had been doing it way before that i was actually working out of my brother's garage um about a year before
0: that so that was was that in lufkin? mansfield mansfield okay.
1: okay yeah i uh i left lufkin moved to DFW for just more opportunities i felt you know um and uh so i left lufkin moved in with my brother and uh he left, and at that point, I didn't have a job. I just moved up here. I had a little bit of money saved up, was just kind of winging it, and uh, <laughs> and I had just bagged my own new, like a newer Dodge, and uh, and I was like, man, I I just want to, you know, maybe I can just see try that, you know. And so I, I got on DFW minis. Oh boy. Yeah, and um, and I ended up just kind of slowly got guys needing work done, and they would come to my, that would, I'd have them bring them to my brother's house, and I'd do it in the garage or in the backyard on a wooden deck mm. that I built and um yeah
0: wooden frame table
1: i built a wooden deck back there it was eight i didn't have the money to pour concrete slabs so i built it out of i think it was two by 12 by 16s oh wow and uh yeah and i i ended up just i was just doing work for cheap because i didn't have any over i didn't have any bills or any overhead right and so yeah you know that, that's how i did it well the neighborhood came and shut me down sure yeah, yeah. so that, at that point i had to make a decision yeah 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 you know, either get a job
0: or start a business. And on the backstory side, if I remember correctly, you were building trucks in Lufkin, right? Yeah. Uh, what, what were you? What was, your, what was your focus there?
1: Um, I worked at multiple shops around there, but I I did, uh, I originally started at a stereo shop. Then I went on to another shop where it was a more of a four-wheel drive shop. Um, I did lift kits like crazy. Um, and then that was actually where I bagged my first truck ever. So, and that was, that was kind of when the sickness started with me. I was like, All right. this is cool. You yeah. know? And I'm like, this is, it's, I was lifting trucks on 49s and 44s and, you know, big wow. stuff. Yeah. In East Texas, that's, you know, that's just what you yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and we were doing, I mean, and they were nice trucks. I mean, it wasn't, we weren't, we weren't building junk. It was building, we were building Yeah, yeah. really good vehicles that, that run and drove. And we had a guy asked us if we could bag it. and My boss took the job on and I was like. All right, let's do it. So nice. you know
0: that, nice. that's pretty much how it started. Very cool. Yeah, I remember you telling me that when you were building my truck, and it was just sort of like a sort of like a cursory. You just kind of like say, so "I used to build lifted trucks." So, you know, it was, it was something like that. But I never knew the, the history and the backstory. Yeah, and uh, I think that's interesting. I think it's interesting to know that you know for that you came from that, and and probably out of necessity. You know, there probably isn't as, well, I think there is now, but, you know, back then there wasn't, um, as much demand. Yeah. And, and so it's like, it's cool to know that you were, you, you know, obviously East Texas, a ton of demand for lifted stuff mm-hmm. like lots Yep, and still. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, interestingly, like when I drive through like Tyler and Jacksonville, I see more lowered or bag trucks on the road than I do in DFW. That, that didn't surprise
1: me now. I mean, in Lufkin, it was, the, the bag stuff got pretty big, you know? And I had one of them at the time. I mean, there's some nice trucks there now, but I, when I did my Dodge, it was one of the nicer trucks in the area, you know? And it was just a bone stock black 2004 Dodge Ram that was bagged on 20s and big old tires on it. But it, it, it was cool looking, you know, especially back then.
0: Right, you know? yeah, right on. And so fast forward to today, tell me about you know this is sort of like the sales pitch section sort of but like what is the status of infamous air suspension um what's your you know how big of a shop are you working in tell me about your employees tell me about you know the the, you know how much i mean i mean i'm not asking you to brag but just kind of like for those who don't know what are you doing today because you obviously you know having the shop was a big game changer so what kind of shop did you end up buying
1: uh, it's a it's a six thousand square foot shop, still building. Uh, the, I forget how high it is. Pretty tall though. It's it's got good height in it.
0: Um, enough room for two stories.
1: Yes, uh, for sure. And it's a uh, man. It's 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 all I want as far as size. I don't want much bigger. Maybe an awning on the back to store beds and stuff. But as far as square footage, I'm good there. Um, we've gotten really into uh, the the parts business. Is is gotten pretty crazy. Um, it's a good thing. It's, 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 it's like anything though. It's a double-edged sword. You know, there's, there's good money in it, but there's also the headache that comes along with that. Um, but it's, it's fun. It's a challenge for me to, to, to make, to, to produce more parts faster, even with the limited amount of guys
0: that we have. Um, because there's, there's, I have five guys that work for me. So wait a second. So infamous isn't like a 60,000 square foot shop with like 100 employees no it's not far from really
1: yeah okay so and 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 i'm very like i have one of my main guys that's been with me forever marcos and he he basically mans the parts thing um he he handles it he builds pretty much any of the control arms that get built marcos builds it you know and and they're not it's one by one you know what i mean that's how we do it that's what he
0: was doing when i walked in
1: yeah exactly and then he he also manages like telling me what he needs and what we're out of and what we do. And that's what I do is I, I, I basically, whatever I got to do that day, I do. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, you know, if it's work on this truck or help him build this order, cause this customer's needing his parts, um, there's that, you know? Um, and then he has Marcos has two guys that are under him that basically just do what he needs. And then one of them handles the shipping and, and running the plasma table and then the other one, Jeremy. He he he's. We've just got him where he's welding really good. Okay. And so he's full on building. And then the other two guys are uh, they uh, they work on the vehicles. And then that's usually what I do too is work on the vehicles when I can. So and that's kind of the dynamic of it, you know. And then April, my wife, does all the the as far as like the setup on the websites and getting everything keeping things up to date on that and, and keeping all that stuff running smooth for me. Cause there's always hiccups with that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Marketing,
1: marketing, all that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all that fun
0: stuff. Yeah. You know, I remember, I remember, um, see, we built my truck in 2009.
1: Yeah. That's or probably actually,
0: right. actually it was 2000, it was seen in 2010. So I guess it was 2010. Cause I didn't have it very long before we built it. Yeah. And no, it was pretty quick. Um, and I remember back then, even at the old shop, you had um, visions of building parts. Yeah. You said you kind of had this vision of the future, and you're like, man, you know, I really feel like the parts game is where it's at. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, it's like I've seen you work on, you know, like a simple bag job, which not that that actually exists, but, you know, there's like a basic bag job, but then you have like, you know, the dualies that you've built. Or incinerate. Yeah. Or that guy's frame. It's like, you know, it's no longer an hourly job. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, I'll do this whole thing. It's going to be this much money. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, and, and I've seen you go through like that sort of like the gestation of like, you know, it's like almost the bigger jobs. I think, you know, you correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like the bigger jobs, maybe you don't necessarily walk away with as much money, but they come away with a whole lot of recognition and marketing, kind of like the Tundra, you know, yeah. like, like, it's like, man, you know, it's like those trucks really make waves yeah and they, the waves drive business.
1: And they do. And, and, and that's, that's what I've learned over the years. That's kind of what we're known for. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, look, man. You know, I'm not the fastest. I don't want to be the fastest. Nope. Um I, you know it's there are all these shops out here that are pumping trucks out as fast as they are. They can have it. You know that's I just I would way rather the quality be there and and have that customer super ecstatic and and that truck function like it should versus you know throwing it together and moving the next guy in. You know it's yeah. not it's not all about money for me. And, and the parts helps offset that, right? You know that and, and that's that's fact. That's just that is the way it it is. Sure.
0: So I've mentioned this before and and this is again, I mean, I always, I always like to throw this out there, you know, maybe this helps somebody else, but um, you know, one of the quotes from Jordan Peterson that I, I think about probably daily is uh, what you aim at is what you see. Yeah. And it's really cool to know that you were aiming in 2010 at building parts. Mm -hmm. That was your aim. Yeah. And now you're like, man, I've got you know, overwhelmed with these parts orders. Mm, yeah, like you've created the problem that you wanted. <laughs> yeah, I did. Right? Mm. I mean, that's a great thing. I mean, I get it. There's obviously. I mean, listen. Uh, you know, it's like uh, people like you call somebody and they're just like ass swamp busy, and then they're like, oh my god, I'm so busy. I'm like, good problem to have. Yeah. You know, and I know that nobody wants to hear that when they're in the middle of the shitstorm. And I always say that's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But I mean, truly, it is.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's a blessing. It is a blessing and I always say that. It you know, you just get the customers that are
0: pushy. you oh, sure? Sure, absolutely. Um you know, I I I get it. I mean, I think I you know, I've been a customer and I don't think I was I wasn't that pushy. I mean, no, you, you were, were helping good. me out. Um you know, but I I get it. It's like people get excited. They know what you've created in the past and they they don't it's so hard to it's so hard to, people think about, you know, it's like, again, Jordan Peterson's happiness is not the destination. Happiness is the thing that happens while you're pursuing an honorable goal. Yeah. So they think that once they have the truck, once they get it, yeah, they'll be happy. That's not it. It's the build. The build is it's fun. It's the and build and the showing, you know taking it to car shows getting you know having the conversations with your friends you know and showing off the work that's either been paid for or been done that's the happiness and so they've they they probably i think people conflate the fact that the, the the truck isn't done and in their possession yeah like you're somehow like hoarding keeping or like them from their keeping dream them from their happiness and and i can understand it i mean I, i'm i'm sympathetic to it i don't think it's i don't think it's um illogical or, or or you know it's not sensical to to think that way um but it's just i think it's important to it's just hard to convey that to somebody and to let them know be patient and it'll be worth it yeah it'll be worth it if you're just patient and that's what i tra- I
1: tell the customers that you know you, you, yeah people yeah, are yeah. excited and you you know you just i'm like man it's you know, it, it'll be good. I promise. Uh-huh. You just it, it's gonna be like the promised land. You just yeah. gotta wait. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, we can only weld and work so fast. Sure, that's, and that's what I tell people. I'm like, just because you're telling me to go faster doesn't mean I can actually weld faster. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Or, or cut this part faster? It's it, it's there's a process.
0: I I'm gonna say this because you can't. Um, but the thing that always comes to mind is the the customer and you know you you just all you have to do is nod but the customer who's complaining cuz it's not going fast enough and then once they get it in your shop they add three things or they five do. things they do yeah and then and then you, i mean to me and i i get it i get it especially from my experience in sales and customer service like you can't say this out loud but it's like you're the reason the wait is long yeah You've now pushed everybody else that's behind you back because I'm not going to turn you away because you're a customer and I want you to be happy when you leave. So I'm going to do the extra things that you wanted that are over and above what we originally discussed. Yeah, that's... But that directly impacts everybody that's downstream from you. Yes. And then everybody's downstream from you that amplifies their piss-offery. It does. So it... and, and I And I would so... For some reason, people think that because I know you and you've built a truck for me or did some work on a truck for me when well, I built it, kind of, yep. um, that somehow I have, like, I've got you on, like, the bat phone. <laughs> it doesn't happen all the time anymore, but yeah. I would say, like, once every six months, somebody, somebody somebody's like, hey, you know Keith, right? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, can you... Can you, can you find out like if there's a way to like, you know, go faster, or get in there faster, why it's taking so long or whatever. And I have that exact conversation that I just said with them. I go, look, I go, there's people ahead of you. And when their truck gets in there, they want more stuff done. They do. And Keith is not going to turn them away because if he does, then he's going to piss them off and he needs to return customers. And he's going to take care of the people who are there in front of him and their trucks in the shop. And here's the other problem. Keith does really good work. Yeah, he does not half-ass anything. So now that extra stuff is getting extra attention. Yeah, and it's just, it's just that's that's the nature of the beast. And I go, but here's the thing: when your truck's in there, it's going to get the best work that you can have done done to it. He's going to do the best work possible, and I doubt you can find anybody else that's going to do a better a better job. Yeah. You might find somebody else that's going to do a job that'll get the job done. Yeah, there's plenty of other shops in town that that do fine work. Yep. Um, you know, I don't really hear about anybody having trucks that break. Now your ears way more to the ground than mine is anymore, but still like, you don't hear about like, you know, like major catastrophes, like, you know, somebody's weld breaking on a link bar and somebody like putting it into a guardrail or something like that. Like you don't hear about that much. People more or less have, I feel like most people have their shit together. And it could be that, you know, Infamous Metal Fab is putting out parts kits. Yeah, that work. That work. Yeah. And they've been, they've been vetted. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Like, I'm, it seems like anytime I'm around my car friends, I would say every third person, they're like, oh, yeah, I've got uh, this uh, blah, blah, blah kit on here from Infamous. Yeah. You know, like. That's a lot. Uh, Trey. I was over, I was up in Arkansas. Seeing uh, Doc Fowler. Oh yeah, and you know they're there were uh, they've got your uh, the control, control arms, arms control arms um, on his uh, CK. That's what I thought. Yeah, and you narrowed the fuck out of him because he wanted to have he's got like a I don't know it's like a four inch lip on the twenty twos on the front. Oh wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which now his fabricator is just like. Ugh. Trying to trying to make it work, world of headaches. Yeah. Well, they had to basically they just had to pocket the. Uh, they had to really clearance out the, the the bag pocket on the frame. They did the same thing. They're doing a three quarter, yeah, three quarter frame on that truck, and they. I mean, the bag pocket's just like it's almost like halfway down to the cross member. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm being I'm exaggerating, but those I mean, are big frames though. They, they, they'll be it'll be okay. Um, yeah, yeah. The, there's a spot on the frame horn. I was like, Jesus, you could put a coffee maker inside of that. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, like we're actually talking about there. They were, oh, oh, so he's running some crazy motor setup. I don't, I won't give it away just in case it's a secret, but he's going to need an intercooler. Okay. And, uh, he was like, and he found out that he was going to have to have like a water reservoir and a pump. And I was like, well, you could weld that big hunk of thing right there and, like, make it watertight. Pocket it out. Put a pump in the bottom of it, you know, or whatever. Or just make It's like having a, a frame tank. Just make the tank the frame. Yeah. Or make, yeah, make the, the frame the tank. So, anyway, like that section of the frame. Yeah, big, they're old, big, big on yeah, those. Yeah, weird. Anyway, anybody that's ever see, seen a CK frame knows what I'm talking about, and everybody else is going, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> anyway, that's fine. Um All right, Uh all right. Uh, let's see. So... Hmm. what's your average customer get like purchase like what's the what's the average what 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 are most people coming to you to have done is it just bags or is it like bag and sheet metal um, outside of the parts business like when someone's bringing you a truck what are they typically coming you, to you to have done usually nine times out of ten it's a bag and a body drop um, oh, wow. so, some just bag
1: jobs uh, but it's kind of the yeah I mean, bag and body drop yeah wow. bags and by, we're doing we just started one uh last week you know you know it's it's a redo
0: I mean it's that's that's man I tell you what I so real quick on redos so I have two go-to shirts that I wear on Saturdays when it's art day I had to get rid of that shirt it's two go-to <laughs> shirts and one of them is we love your sloppy seconds yep and it's my infamous Infamous Metal Fab shirt, yeah, or that my Pro Touring Texas shirt that that Eric gave me, and literally like those are my welding shirts, yeah, you know, like you know, oh yeah, and um and yeah, so did you you have to abandon that slogan?
1: Man, that's the world we live in now. I mean, it's we read it's redo everything, um, and it just makes it harder, you know. Oh yeah, and so it got to undo
0: somebody's hard work, and we do it
1: a lot. And it's just like, man, you know, and and, and back in the day, I thought it was funny.
0: It still is funny.
1: Yeah. You know, when I came up with that shirt, I was like, this is what, this is the world I live in. You know, I'm like, this is all I do is just fix people's crap. And so I was like, I told my wife, I was like, we got to make this shirt. Yeah. So we did. And man, we sold a lot of them. Yeah. So, you know. I don't know if I should – I had to abandon it because I don't want people to know. Quit bringing me your junk. Oh, <laughs> I see. Okay, okay. Bring, so me your,
0: bring me a stock truck. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's so much easier when it's stock. It's like – I'm sure you've seen this a million times, but, you know, it reminds me of that uh, – it's sort of like a graphic, and it's, you know, you, something you've seen on the scrawl on a piece of manila paper on a on a shop wall, and it's like all the hourly rates. And it's like you know this is the hourly rate for normal work, and mm-hmm. this is the hourly rate if you watch, and this is the hourly rate if I'm fixing somebody else's work. Yeah, and that's or, man. Or so here's the hourly rate if, if you've already tried to do it, and you couldn't get it
1: right. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. You know, there's so many, and, and I get the people that try to do it themselves, and, and that's why that's a big reason why I started doing the kits because people. Mm-hmm. I mean, hence you were saying like the 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 weight. Mm-hmm. Um, a big reason why I started selling the three link kits back. And my original shop was guys like, well, I don't want to wait that long to get in your shop. I'm like, well, there's, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm like, I can build you the parts to do it yourself. Right. And they were like, Oh, well then we'll do that. And I'm like,
0: okay. And
1: I'd sell a kit and I'd sell another kit and I'd pay rent. And I was like, Hey, this is kind of cool. You know, this is, this is kind of easy, you know, and that's where it spiraled. Nice. So
0: redos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you had to redo my, well, okay. So. Quick story. People like to hear about the Hilux. I, every time I bring up the Hilux, I get like text messages. Oh, it's cool. I know, but it's just like, again, this it's furniture for me. You know, it literally yeah. sits in my shop and like I stare at it. But I mean, I don't, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, hell, I have sold it and bought it back. I mean, it's, it's you know. So when I built the Hilux, um, I originally built it to pull on and off a trailer. Mm-hmm. Cruise around car shows, maybe the city the car show was in, but that was it. That was all the driving that I ever anticipated doing. And then, so I had a Nissan Titan, and I had, like, a pretty small car hauler, which was perfect for that truck. And um, so Keith did the four-link, and he did the rear frame section, which I still am in love with. And still, I, I mean, I, like, when I polish that thing up, like, like rego and go back over it with a Scotch-Brite and hit it with Gibbs in the sun, I still get giddy about it. Like, here we are 10 years later, and it still, like, gets me all. I geek out over it. It's timeless. I, I get that geeky. You know, like that, that sort of like, like you get all locked up. I'm just like, God, that looks good. Yeah. So anyway, um, but I did the front control arms myself because I thought I could or I wanted to save money. I don't know. There's a variety of answers there. Um, and so for the reasons of pulling off and on a trailer, it worked fine. Um, and then I, I realized that I was keeping a trailer and a truck to pull the trailer for a show truck that I was showing, I don't know, five, six times a year, maybe. And it's like, okay, well, this is dumb. Why don't I just build a truck to drive? And then I can get rid of all that mm-hmm. and drive something else. Cause the Titan got crap gas mileage. Everything I've owned gets crap gas mileage. I've just come to the conclusion that gas mileage is no longer a factor for anything I drive. And that just makes picking cars a lot easier. Anyway, yeah. so I digress. Um, so when I decided to get the truck uh, driving, um I put different gears in the back. I put three oh sevens and it had four tens because it would it would wrap out on the freeway. Like yeah, it would do like 50. I remember that. And um and then I brought it to Keith to do upper control arms. And so that was that was a redo. That was a redo. And didn't y'all fix the lowers? We did something on them. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. One of the lowers was like an inch narrower or something than the other. It was really bad. We just had to tweak it, yep. yeah. Yeah. But, uh, that was pretty easy though. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess to your point, the reason for the story is redo, you, you redo. Yeah. You redid my work. Yeah. Well, we so, we
1: redo a lot of people's stuff, right? you know, and it's because we take our time, you yeah. know, that's it, sorry. I'm not fast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and actually when I do get working, I'm, I'm extremely fast, but people don't get that. And, right. And, and I get, I, I just get, you know, the, I deal with the phones. I'm the one that usually deals with the phones and the emails. So, of course, I got to,
0: you know, I I know the answers to the questions
1: that you have.
0: So, just again, this sort of like outsider looking in, this is something that I'll tell you that Keith won't because it's, again, furniture for him. I've been in your shop enough. I don't come by like I used to, but when you are in your old shop, I was coming by a lot because you are close to my work. Mm-hmm. I've never been at the infamous shop when Keith was working, when he would do anything less than a fast walk from the workbench to the vehicle. Yeah. I mean, it was not a run. It wasn't like, you know, like meth head running, but it was, it wasn't a leisurely pace. He wasn't just like chilling and like texting. Like he was on a mission. Like you ever seen people like on black Friday where they're like, in a hurry to get to the aisle where the TVs are when they're, you know, like a like a really big TV and it's cheap. That's what Keith looks like. Like they're trying not to look like maniacs running, but they're in a hurry to get there. That's what Keith looks like all the time, yeah. guys, everywhere. And and I try to explain that to people again when people are calling and they're calling me for whatever reason to ask me questions about what, you know, how you work or why they can't get a hold of you or whatever. And I just try to explain to them. I'm like, "Listen, when he's in the shop, he is hauling ass. He couldn't go any faster. Yeah. No, and, I, every
1: day it's urgent. I yeah. Mean, it's, it's, it, that's, that's a fact.
0: Well, and so I think that that's probably a big, I mean, this is just my take and you tell me, but I think that has a lot to do with your success because there's just some people out there that don't understand urgency. Yeah. No, and they don't. Some people don't. And that's, yeah, and that's fine too. But. Right. Maybe building crux isn't their thing. Yeah. And that's, I mean, not to say that they're bad at building trucks, but you know, there's people out there that do good work. Oh yeah. But it takes them a year to build one truck where you build how many ever in a year. Yeah. I um, mean, I know you have employees, but still like, if it was just like you, I mean, if you had like a time lapse of the two of you, you just move faster.
1: Yeah. No, and, and I, I've, I'm all, I'm telling you, there's always a sense of urgency with me as far as, and it's because I'm trying to make the customer happy, you know, it, it, on, on both sides of the spectrum. So, you know, it's, but you can only do so much, you yeah. know, and that's, and I've, I have gotten really good at just being like, you know, just accepting it that you're not going to make everybody happy. It's, it is what it is. You know, you, the people that are in front of me, like you said, they're going to get the best treatment I can give them and. And then when the next guy comes up, you're going to get the exact same treatment. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's how it is. It, yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to change that no. for one person. Mm-mm. So, you know, it's, it's the way it works.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, All right. So let's go back to questions real quick. Um, let's see. Um, how excited were you about the hippos at the Lufkin Zoo? Man, they were awesome. <laughs>
1: They really were. Uh, I forgot about that. That's, uh, that was from Red. Was it? Yeah. That's funny.
0: Yeah. That's.
1: Uh, <laughs> I forgot about yeah, that a
0: picture of him with hippos in front of it. Um, what size wheel is too big on a mini truck? Mm-hmm. I don't um, know. Yeah, uh, um, I, I thought that was a little bit of an odd question, but I thought I'd ask. I mean, I would say twenty twos.
1: Twenty. I was gonna say yeah, 22s, twenty twos. I mean, rough.
0: See. I mean, you start having steering issues and fender. Yeah, order.
1: you're just it just complicating your life. It looks cool,
0: but sure, it, it's complicating your life. Okay. Um, who do you look up to from a professional like like fabrication standpoint? Mm. Man. Like who are you? Who are you watch? And you're like, I need you. Like you look at somebody else's work, and you're like, okay, I got to get my shit together. <laughs> or have you been doing it too long? To
1: no, I'm thinking deep on that one. Okay. Um, I used to really look a lot at what people were building, and as I've gotten older, I've quit.
0: Right. Um, Comparison is a thief of joy.
1: Yeah, and and. I don't like, I kind of like to just do things in my own head, my own way, Yeah. as far as the way, like what I see it. And I don't want, I don't, I don't like when people, I'm, I'm really bad at when people tell me what I should do, I, oh. that nothing drives me crazier than mm-hmm. that. Um, because in my head, I see it. Yeah. And I, and, and, and I, and trust me, I see it. And, and they, so to answer that question, it's kind of,
0: I'm trying to. Who? Okay. How about this? Who's who else in the industry do you admire?
1: Ah, uh, there's a lot of guys that are. I mean, the, the thing is now, man. Everybody's getting good. You know what I mean? There's so many good builders. Yeah. It's 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 insane how the level of what people have, re- and and I genuinely
0: mean that. Like no, I agree. And you that, know, ten years ago, people weren't building like they are now. No. I mean, it's it's people have really gotten good. And I think I think the testament to that is the demand for fabricators yeah and yeah i mean, I mean straight up yeah i mean i know you're looking for somebody um i know two other shops that are looking for somebody mm-hmm. skilled you know experienced and yeah you know you couple that with the oil and gas industry you know they people can just make way more money welding there than they can. And they have insurance and all that stuff Yeah, than they might be able to make at a fab shop. I mean, I don't know what you pay your guys. So, I mean, I'm not trying to say that you don't pay, but I just hear the stories about, well, I could come work for you or I could go do this. And you know, people that are experienced and able to have that skill, they really have to have a love for the art. Yeah. Straight
1: up, you know, and that's, you know, that's, it's everywhere, you know, but there's so many, I man, that's a hard one to answer because like, you know, there's like Levi's, his sheet metal stuff is outrageous. You know what I mean? There's uh, who else? I mean, you, you, the list just goes on. The, the Goolsby guys, whatever you say it, you know, those guys, what they're, but it's just nuts, you know, and then Torch Pena and those guys, oh, the Rad yeah. Rides. I mean, it's just, that's the stuff that's, so that's the stuff I really used to peak, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I still look at, the finished products, but I don't, I used to really dig deep in and go and go down the rabbit holes of looking at how it was built and what it was done. And I've kind of feel like I've developed my own little way mm-hmm. and I've just kind of focused on that. And that's what I've
0: done. You know what I mean? That, that's the best
1: way I could answer that.
0: You know what I mean? I remember, um, Back in the day, there was a motorcycle company back when like choppers were big. Oh, you know, yeah. And it was called Exile Motorcycles. I feel like I remember that name. And this guy was like, we'll build you a bike any color you want as long as it's black. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, like his whole thing was like satin black bikes with brushed finish. Yeah. Like brushed silver. And it was like brushed wheels, no chrome, just like... And it, I mean, they were, they were dope. Yeah. And he, I mean, I guess it was kind of like, it's like trucks or like what you do? It's like, there's so many people building them. If you don't like the way I build them, that's fine. Bye. Yeah. Move on down the road. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's, that's kind of it. You know, I just believe in doing it
0: correct. You know? Um, so I'll, I'll ask this question and I'm going to re I'm going to restate it. So just give me a moment. So it says, what is the one thing? Most people learn only after it's too late. And so for you, I guess the way that I would re- restate that, I think that may be an easier way to answer it because it's like, how are you going to answer four people, right? Um, you only have your own personal experience. What is the thing that you had to learn the hard way that was like the most impactful thing that you had to learn the hard way. Like you're like, Oh man, if I hadn't done this, the hard, like we talked about before, like if I hadn't have learned this the hard way, then I would have never known. Like I wouldn't have gotten this life lesson or this sort of like, sort of, you know, like this direction on the roadmap of business ownership or entrepreneurship without learning it the hard way. Was there one, is there one thing that sticks out? That's like, okay, well I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, we're talking about vehicles or life. Uh, sh- whatever, whatever comes to your, comes to
1: your mind. Um, the hard way I'll start with the vehicle first. The, the hardest thing that I ever learned that, that actually like the, the truck that kind of kicked my butt mm-hmm. would be, okay. would be one that I, and I, and, and I, and I learned it was, it was a law, lo- it was a big lesson for me to learn like how to handle the situations with what happened with that vehicle i ended up was shaving or doing a firewall on a truck and uh same truck that cut my face um i was gonna get into that they the i was cutting the firewalls welding on the firewall actually and uh i had the doors were shaved on this truck the windows were up on this truck Mm. and it caught on fire and somehow I did manage to get inside of it before it fully burned down. But it, I fully melted the dash I and mean, oh. everything caught the, and it was a fully painted dash. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> that was in it. That was one of the very first trucks I ever did. It was actually before I opened my shop wow. and that was my first, that was like a, like, do you really want to do this for a living? I mean, I was, I was, I remember just sitting in the grass in the front yard just defeated, yeah. you know, cause I had just ruined this guy's truck. Yeah, you know, I was screwed that up, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And then, literally a week later, I, the same truck cut my face. So, what happened with that? I, I, I have a, a, the gist of the story, but the face cut. Yeah, um, I was cutting the spring pocket. I cut the spring pocket off on the driver's side, and um, I went and I, I was using a rock grinding disc, and uh, the disc caught, and when it, when I was grinding on the frame rail itself. And it, it caught and it whipped it back into my face and it cut me right on my from my lip going towards my ear and then I ended up getting thirty stitches hmm. and it was pretty much open and they uh, yeah they they sewed on my face for an hour and a half just trying to get it all lined back up just because it was so bad wow. yeah yeah that was that truck man so the gr- that's that's a that's a lesson in, in yeah. trucks like that did, did that, the
0: grinder kick back or did you the did the blade break it grabbed and broke and then it whipped it in so it was
1: broken when it hit me when it oh, was spinning.
0: Okay. So it slung the blade at you. No, it hit the grinder hit. me. Oh, the, the actual whole grinder kicked and hit. Wow. And it,
1: it felt like somebody just punched me in the face. And actually it, when it hit me, I was like, Oh man, you know, and, I, and yeah. I leaned over and the blood just poured out. Yeah. Why, why am I wet? Yeah. And yeah. I, and I walked to the garage and made a probably six foot by six foot blood circle. <sighs> yeah. Just leaned over on my knees, just standing there and I was home alone. Um, and my brother was way up in Irving, which is about 45 minutes from where we were. And he was in a meeting, and I called him. He didn't answer, so I called him again. And, uh, and I was like – he answered, and I was like, dude, you got to take me to the hospital. And uh, so I cleaned up everything, cleaned the garage, pushed the truck back in with a rag over my face. And then mm. his wife was actually about 20 minutes away, and she came and got me and took me to the ER and sewed me up. Wow. Yeah, it was – man, talk about – that was a, that was a moment in my life where I was like, it opened my eyes to like quoting a vehicle. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yep. I lost so much money on that truck. It wasn't even funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and just like then the medical part of it, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? It was just a, it was a man, that truck beat my ass. Like <laughs> that's the best way
0: I could put it. It's like a rite of passage.
1: Yeah, it, it was. And, and, and that was, you know, and. I opened my business when I was 23, you know, and so I was young and dumb and trying to figure this out. And that was, that was a big part of me coming of, you You know, know, figuring my life out what I was going to do. And that was, that was, that was hard. I,
0: whenever somebody's telling me like somebody's having a, a, a bad time, whatever it is. Yeah. I always remind, I try to remind them that everybody has to have a worse thing. Yeah. And if you've, if, if, and, and it may be that this is the worst thing. Yeah. And, and if that's the worst thing, then it's all downhill from here, baby. You're good, baby. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. It's all downhill. Like you, you may have just gone through the worst thing that you've ever gone through. And then that's all it's ever going to have to be. And everything else from here will be easier. And so it's kind of interesting. Like you maybe got that out of the way, at least for the last number of years. Yeah. Yeah. You've gotten that out of the way um really early before you even officially were a shop and you didn't have the um the potential like you know name defamation of yeah all infamous screwed up my cab and infamous melted my dash it's just yeah i hired this guy keith and you know he was working his garage and and, you know he he screwed it up well i fixed it every bit of it yeah that was yeah
1: that was the thing i had to pay somebody to paint the dash and slick it all out and you know, and it was a pearl white. Yeah. Oh, but but no. it you couldn't even tell when it left, you know, it was, it was good. So that's customer awesome. was happy. <laughs> right. And that, but that was where I learned too. Like you got to do the right thing, you know, and that's what you, you just got to fix it. And it doesn't Sweet matter what, and I remember sitting there defeated and my brother, my brother actually looked at me and was like, you got to fix it. And yeah. I was like, I was like, I can't, I was like, I don't know how to do that. He's like, Keith, if anybody can do it. It's you. And I was like, okay. So, that's cool. Yeah. Went out there, took the dash part, boom, fixed it. You know, or once I got it out, I was like, I got this. So.
0: How many siblings do you have? Two. Two. Um, are any, are either of them uh, entrepreneurs? No.
1: Uh. Well, no, the, the, my brother... Works for McDonald's, uh, now owns two McDonald's, but in the, in, in the past year, he's a new, he just purchased them okay. <laughs> the year of 2020. Right. Yeah. It's been a wild year for him as far as that goes. And then my sister actually works for seven 11, uh, doing something. It's, I'm not hundred percent sure, but it's in like, uh, like their field service, I believe, which is like, you know, making sure everything's, uh, Square in, in the gas stations and stuff. Make sure everything's like running properly. You know, and you're the baby. Yeah,
0: I'm the youngest. My brother's the oldest. How much did that? How much do you think that played a role in your? Because you have, you have a sense or ability to figure it out. Yeah, I do. You have, you have a sort of innate. Did you, was that, was that part of how you grew up? Like, were your, were your parents, I mean, so I was just, actually just saw Jordan this morning and, um, you know, he was introducing me to his little, little daughter, to a little baby, baby year old. And he's like, Oh, she's so much better than my older kids. And I'm like, yeah. well, the, the older kids are easier to raise because you know what's important and what's not. Yeah. So do you think that maybe, you know, growing up and being like the, the youngest, like you were sort of like left to the wolves a little bit more than. Than the the older kids that were probably because I mean I'm an only child so I don't know any different but you know I think that having my own kids I find it the, you you tend to sort of coddle the ba- the the older ones, the first ones, because yeah. like, you like you don't want to screw up, and you're like trying to be a great parent. Third kid, they're like whatever. Yeah, but a <laughs> third kid, you're just like you know you just like you know you throw a diaper on them and send them out into the woods to fend for themselves.
1: I mean, it, maybe you know, they, my mom and dad did say I was really lazy as a kid. Uh, really, I didn't start walking until I was what? almost two. Yeah, well, we're talking like baby. Okay, you know, um, I was lazy. Supposedly, I just laid around. And my mom actually <laughs> took me to the doctor because she thought, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is true. She took me to the doctor because she thought something was wrong with my legs because I wouldn't walk. And <laughs> and and uh, Dr. Nash told my mom, no, he's just lazy. And it was because, I guess because my brother and sister would bring me everything. And I was just kind of like just there. But... Totally from the opposite of what I am now. I'm a yeah, yeah. You don't
0: stop. No, I don't. I, I I don't. Yeah, it's just my wife gives me crap about that. She's like, she she'll start being like like extra nice to me or something. Like I, she'll be like you know like like scratching my back or, or or like you know petting my head or something. And it's I mean I love it. I'm I, I'm a touchy feely guy, and uh, I'm like what's going on? And she's like you don't feel good. And I'm like what do you mean I don't feel good? And she's like you're being still. You're never still. Yeah. Always going. You're always going. Right. And then I kind of think about it. I'm like, I am kind of tired. Like, I don't even realize it. Yeah. I don't realize that I'm not moving, but I really, I'm I'm the same way. Like, I always have something going on. Yeah. I, like, I don't watch, I mean, I'll watch TV with my wife, but it's because it's our time together. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like connection time where we watch a show together that we both enjoy at night. Like, I don't, I'm not like. The only other TV I watch is, like, sports and not, not traditional sports. Like, I watch, like, IMSA racing and stuff like yeah, that. Still, yeah, still, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's pretty cool. That's me and
1: April kind of the same way. I watch – I do watch – not this year I haven't really, but football is kind of a thing I do. Football oh. football's something I kind of do on, on uh, you know – weekends when it's on right but this year i've kind of whatever yeah yeah, everything going on it's just it doesn't feel the same
0: it doesn't there's no there's no fans
1: nah it just feels it's weird yeah feels like
0: i don't know so i've just kind of checked out on that and yep me too do other stuff me too (laughs) um what's the what's the one tool that you wish you had bought sooner
1: Mm. um Man, you know what my favorite tool is that we've added that's honest to god changed our life is the press break. Really? Yeah. And it's such a simple
0: machine. I thought it was going to be the plasma table.
1: Uh I mean that definitely for sure, but you know it, it's up there but it's man that press break is such a time saver. Uh, really? Yeah, once you get once you start using it and learning and 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 man, it just can it it changed the dynamic of the of the way we build stuff. It just it makes that's what I love about tools is it changes the
0: way your brain uh, thinks, you know. Oh, it, yeah. No, it, totally. Yeah. You know, it it really. With this tool, I can make this metal look this way.
1: Yeah. And I can, you know, and you can build it a certain way and it's yeah. so much faster and cleaner and more efficient. And that's, you know, it, I've, we've finally got to the point where I have all the tools we need to do what we need to do. We, the only thing we can do is more of them. Right. You know, and that's that's a big thing that, that you know. But, yeah, I mean, the press break is awesome. Yeah. Just you know, hitting metal and just making it bend like that and being able to bend being able to cut one part on the plasma table and then double break it to where you have like a little inch and a half section to weld versus welding yeah fourteen to twenty inches of weld. Yeah. You realize how much time that saves? Yeah. Oh, people don't
0: realize that, but I do. <laughs> um the bandsaw has been a game changer for me. Has it? Yeah, because I can it allows me to cut weird stuff. Oh yeah. Like I can cut like I've got some uh, cylinders off of an airplane the, okay. like the you know because they're a, it's a uh, air-cooled engine yeah and I can slice those in half mm-hmm. and like just anything like when people are like um I think the cool one, I mean it's not a big deal but remember the I-beam I brought by your yeah. shop before I had my my bandsaw um yeah cutting a cutting a 45 degree angle on a six inch eight inch piece of I-beam and people look at it and they go how did you cut that
1: bandsaw bandsaw yeah right there. yeah
0: um. Yeah, we just got
1: a new Ellis saw that's pretty awesome.
0: I saw Bit, that. Just a t- bigger one? P- I took pictures of it, yeah. Yeah,
1: that thing, man. It's awesome,
0: you know. Um. So, I remember when you were building my truck, I remember Marcos and uh, Neil and you were cutting plate with a torch. Oh, yeah. And you were... Uh, you were cutting out the, the panels out of the torch, or with the torch, and then you were grinding the slag off. Oh, yeah. And that was all your tabs. That was it. All your tabs and everything were that. Yeah. Back in the day. I torched everything. You were torching everything. Yeah. So, it, uh yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it was just so time consuming. And then I remember when you got the plasma table and and how much faster that little piece of it was and i just thought back of like because you were in the second shop i remember the second shop. When is this was it here when you got the plasma no the second second shop yeah i remember when you got it and i was just like oh my god i mean i could imagine how much time that was saving just being able to because i mean a lot of people obviously aren't Maybe familiar with doing what you do and like having to cut out metal, but being able to cut an arc in a piece of metal and have it be like a perfectly, you know, like 90 degree arc with a two inch radius or whatever, and do that repeatedly, that makes such a difference in the overall finished product. It is just unbelievable going from cutting it with a torch and then like cleaning up your cutting with a grinder oh yeah to just pressing a button and it just goes and you know you know two minutes later it's done and you just pull it off and it's not the chisel it and yeah
1: but yeah, put it to use that's yeah. that's it you know the yeah we used to torch everything it was it was you know it was all i had it was the only way to right, do it you right know? no
0: i get it like i said it was just the 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 progression
1: yeah oh yeah definitely you,
0: you know? know and then i'm walking through your shop today y'all didn't have the uh the pallet racking on the far wall, yeah, with all the tools new. underneath it, and mm-hmm. and I'm just like looking at all your tools you've got now, and I mean it's so cool to see everything because before, like the last time I was here, you had like that corner, um, in that front far corner that was like your sort of like you had the mill and you had. Yeah. You had you know a big press break or, or the shear and all that stuff like right in that corner. But now you've kind of got like an assembly line.
1: Yeah, we set it up it, to speed up the process. The whole shop is actually most people don't realize this, but if it's set up as an L and it starts, it, the metal comes in at the end and then it goes to the saws and then it goes to the tables, gets built or it gets pulled into the, the parts room where everything's stored, and then it goes to the shipping table and the shipping table is even set up like an assembly line. So our shipping table is my most impressive thing. I think uh, I'm, I'm so proud of it. because, so
0: why? why is it so cool?
1: Because it's, it's so efficient and so fast compared to where we used to ship. You know, we used to ship on a plastic table, you know. So,
0: so tell, tell the listeners. So maybe hopefully there's other entrepreneurs out there listening that are building products. What do they need to do? Like, like set them straight, drop some knowledge. How do they need to build their shipping table?
1: So basically, if if you if you look at mine, it starts from left to right, and and the parts there's there's racking that's set up there, or shelves, I guess you could call them. Um, they are, that's where you, they basically the parts get pulled and set there, and that's where it starts. And then, it, and then the next stage is I have a bagging machine where you, we bag all the hardware, so customers can't tell us they didn't get us get their bolts when they did. Uh, or their bushings, because a lot of guys will say they didn't, but we know we did, um, because we bag them and mm-hmm. they're and they they're inventoried into the box. I and mean, there's there's no way for us not to not to send them. Uh, so you basically you go to the bagging process, and then down below the table is there's cubbies built for every single box we carry that or that we stock. That's you know, and, and they're all the boxes are specific to the pieces that we ship. Um, so you pull the box and then the next stage is go down to where your paper and packing is pack it and then if you go down a little bit further onto the shipping table there's a we have a strapping machine in there mm. where it actually straps the box together and so it makes it stronger and tougher because it's you know all our boxes weigh 50 60 pounds a piece sure um eps loves you oh fedex does man. Oh, fedex sorry. yeah they 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 do we we spend quite a bit with them um and then after that it gets weighed and then and then go going to the computer. So it's it's a super fast efficient way to take heavy boxes that we ship because we we have very heavy stuff and there's and there's a lot of pieces to it. So I had to figure out a way to do that cuz man when
0: we were shipping before it was terrible. So, yeah. You know, it was I, I a ship, joke. I I ship a little bit of my stuff and um I think about that, you know, I'm like using Amazon boxes and I've got like bubble wrap over here and oh, I need to go find my paper and, you know, doing all this like stuff and then running it to the post office or wherever, or, you know, making a FedEx label. I wonder how much this weighs. Or where's my scale? Yep. You know, and I'm using like a bathroom scale. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. how
1: we started. I mean, honestly, we were, it, it was primitive and I was like, I've, to me, that was the biggest waste of my time. Hmm. And I felt like, you know, during my day, I would, I would, I would get mad, but I was just like, man, I could be doing so much more other stuff if I, this was more efficient. Right. And so I, I learned to, I learned to like, I was like, I've got to build this shipping table and I put it under my mezzanine area in my shop. There's a reason for that. I did that because we had a tendency to store cars there hmm. and I, you know, we would put projects there and I was like, we're not doing this. So I built that table, the, the bench that we ship on so that you know, it you could never do that again and that's been the best thing I ever did as far as that aspect of the shipping and things go. So
0: it's been a good thing. Very cool. Very cool. So I mentioned in the intro that uh outside of building cool shit that you are also a musician. So, um what what's your uh, t- tell me about your musical interests. Uh
1: I I like all music. I mean as far as the music goes, I listen to i mean everything what do you like to play uh, i i'm i am a kind of a rock and roll metal head okay type type i mean it, it the, at the core of it that's that's what i do love um so that's usually what i play but i'm also into like southern rock style stuff that's the guitar has always been um i've always loved it it's always been a really cool thing to me um and i've all i always wanted to be good at it even when i was a kid you right. know and i played a lot when i was a kid and i actually quit playing when I, I pretty much quit, when I started my shop, um, I knew that I didn't have the time and, and my focus just wasn't there. It was, it was focused on bagging trucks. Yeah. You know, and that, 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 at that time it that's what it was. And I got back into guitar pretty heavy about three or four years ago. And then, and I, I was sitting around and I, I, I needed something else to get my brain off of work all the time. And, um, April woke up one morning, and I looked at her, and I said, we're going to buy me a new guitar today. She was just like, what? And I was like, we're going to buy me a new guitar today. And I was like, I, I've got my old Strat. And I said, but I want something that's going to kind of get me back, you know, get me back wanting to play it. So I went and bought me a new tube amp, a little small one, a little practice amp. And then I bought me a little Telecaster. And And after that, man, I started playing it every night. And it was a, it was a really good escape for me to get away from – you know, the, the business side of things. Cause it work for, it is fun and I love what I do, but it is work. You yeah. know, it, it is. And, and and it weighs on you at night. You know, there's things that you think about and you know, customers and I deal with customers late in the night a lot with, mm. with emails and stuff. So this was my, this has been a really good escape for me to get away from that and get my brain on to, you know, cause you know, you want to, you want to listen to music and really get into it. Start playing an instrument cause it
0: makes you, yeah, you can go down rabbit holes super quick. Yeah. You know, and I love that. My wife, my wife played drums. She's big in a percussion. And, uh, for years, I mean, it wasn't, it's not probably until like the last 12 months that she's actually started like listening to lyrics of songs. She's like, I'm like, oh, hey, you know, here, check out the song, and she's like, well, the percussion isn't very good. Like, all she listens to, because she's a she's a a, a drummer and she's into percussion, she's focusing in on that detail, yeah, and she's like listening to the, the the how technical it is, or you know, the rhythm, or you know, the fill, or whatever, and and it, I have to like now when I'm listening to stuff, I have to like sort of like try to at least process it through that lens before I send it to her or send her something. Um, you know, cause I, I know that she's, that's, that's how, that's how she values it or valued it at the time. Um, and it's interesting. Like, so for me, I'm a big lyric guy. Like I love, I love listening to the lyrics and like trying to, you know, sometimes there's like a hidden meaning or like there's, there's a story behind the story. And so that's what I'm into. Um, for whatever reason. Um, I, um, I've considered learning to play guitar, uh, but it's, I, I don't know. Maybe my fingers aren't right for it or something like that. I don't know. I it's tried, just practice. Yeah. Probably just practice. anybody can play. It's yeah. it. That's the thing.
1: It's, it's, you know, and even the simplest stuff, you can play a lot of, a lot of songs, you know, and that's, yeah. that's what, that's, you don't have to be the greatest. At, I, there's a thing in me though, that, that wants to be good at it. And right. it's, and it's, you know, and it's like, you know, and I've gotten pretty good you know i mean it, it, i was really good when i was younger and then, then when i quit it was crazy when i went back how bad i was i was just like mm. i can't do this you know and it, and, it, and now i've gotten back better but you know and there's still the problem is man it's that's one of those things that you it's never ending you know you're yes. you're gonna chase that forever and, yes. and, and there's and there's so many guys that are so there's so many people that are so good at it and yep. you're just like This
0: is ridiculous. It makes you want to quit. So that's jujitsu for me. Oh, is it? That's jujitsu for me. Everything that you just said, like all of the, the positives. Yeah. The only other positive for me is that jujitsu keeps me physically fit. Yeah. So it's kind of, does it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Jujitsu is my exercise. That's Mm -hmm. all I do uh, for exercising. Um, But it, I forget about everything. Yeah. Nothing else matters when I'm on the mats and I'm, you know, training or, or rolling with another guy or whoever, um, that's all I care about. That's all because I mean it. It's like I, I never played chess when I was a kid. As a matter of fact, I learned how to play chess when my dad taught my son how to play chess like two years ago. <laughs> he was six. Um, and um, I had to start playing chess against my son, and I finally understood the um, the relationship that people make about jujitsu versus chess, about planning your moves and so on and so forth. Um, but you're doing it with your Body and you're doing it against another person. Yeah, and 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 the repercussions of doing the wrong thing are you know joint lockout and choke, mm-hmm. and um so you know the and plus you're you know it's it's physical it's very physical oh, yeah. and so you're you're breathing heavy you're trying to manage your breathing while you're trying to think and usually at about the time that somebody's fixing to make you tap because they're gonna you know twist your shoulder out of socket or whatever. Um, I mean, you tap early and everybody stops. I mean, that's it's all very. That's the rule. If this, yeah, the first rule is take care of yourself, or take care of your partner, and the second rule is take care of yourself. Literally, before we roll every day, what's the first rule? Take care of your partner. What's the second rule? Take care of yourself. Um, Because if you hurt all your partners, then who are you going to train with? <laughs> True, but um, but I mean, when I first started, I've been training for three years. And when I first started, it was, I mean, I kept having that stupid line out of Fight Club go through my head. When I'd walk out the door, I'd go, Jiu-Jitsu, it's like everything else in life gets the volume turned down. Like, just nothing else is, nothing else is important yeah. for that period of time. Like, you just, um, there was a, uh, there was a, a ex-Navy SEAL, uh, Andy Nymph, I think is what it, Kempf. His name. He was on Rogan a couple times and um, he got shot. And so he got uh, medical leave because the bullet lodged in his hip and it's like like three millimeters from a sciatic nerve. And if they try to take it out, there's a higher chance that they'll screw up a sciatic nerve. So they just had to like pull him out. So he's a young, healthy guy and um, his hobby was wingsuit jumping. Oh, God. And so, him and his jumping partner were jumping and that was his hobby. And people go, oh, you're an adrenaline junkie, you're adrenaline junkie. And he's like, nope, it's not it at all. I do it because every second that I get closer to the time that I'm going to jump, every second that I get closer, another layer of things that normally matter don't. And I'm focused on this thing that's the most important thing. How am I going to jump? How I'm going to move my body? What am I going to do? So I live, right? Well, his jumping partner died, jumping, and he's like, "Okay, well, I don't want to die." So he takes up Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and he said that he get he gets the same clarity out of taking jiu-jitsu that he did from jumping. That's crazy. Because when you're there rolling with somebody, we call it rolling. It's basically just wrestling. Um, you don't think about your bills or the thing that your dad said to you when you were 10. So that's what I get out of it is, uh, you know, it, there's just nothing else exists when you're doing that. Literally nothing else. I mean, and you don't realize how much other stuff exists in your brain until it doesn't. I know. Until you, until you're not thinking about it, and then you like you walk away, and and I mean, don't get me wrong, it all comes back, but it's all it's it's kind of, it's almost like you laugh at it. You kind of go, oh, well, you weren't that important. No, I forgot about you for at least a little bit. I forgot about you, and so then when it comes back, you can kind of go, yeah, that's something I need to contend with. But right. it's it's no longer like this like weight on your shoulders. And I mean, don't get me wrong, there's there's some exertion and you know, you're letting physically exerting yourself and there's there's definitely some um uh, positive mental benefits from working that hard. Oh yeah. Um but uh but yeah, like all of the things that you were saying about playing guitar. Yeah. I'm sitting here going, Jiu Jitsu, Jiu Jitsu, yeah, jujitsu. And the same thing with it always being more. So I just had a conversation Monday with one of our black belts in our school who's now a professor. And he's like, because I was talking to him about where I was. So it takes about seven years to get your black belt in jiu-jitsu. I if you don't get injured, it's seven years. And injuries are pretty common because I'm of sure. what you're doing, right? Um, so far, I've only uh, tore a tendon in my shoulder and I've dislocated a finger. That's about it. So... Um, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot of broken ribs. Oh, I bet. And there's no striking either. There's no striking, but you people are still like somebody will drop a knee on their on your rib and break it. So I mean, it makes sense. Right? I mean, the, way, the way you know, y'all are rolling. But he said, cause, so he's a black belt in karate and a black belt in jujitsu, and uh, he's like, he goes, getting your black belt doesn't mean you're done, which I know. Yeah, and, and I I, I, know. I you know, you're always. But, but I mean, to me, so before I did this, I did stand up jet skis, right? Like I was in oh, that whole yeah. jet ski group and, um, that was my, that was my exercise. And even though it was only seasonal for the most part, that's a lot of work. It was a lot of work and it was a lot of fun. Water sports are a lot of work, man. Yeah. They wear you out. A lot of fun. And you know, it was a great way to spend money. And I had money at the time, you know, cause I didn't have so many kids And, um, and you know, it gets to the lake and there's a community around it. You know, you got friend group that does it. Um, and so this became my new form of exercise. But what I enjoyed about the jet skiing was that it was mental. Oh yeah. You're having to watch the wakes. You're having to get timing. And then you're having to torque your body and steer here and throttle here. And, you know, and then there's like on a two stroke, you got to have like that, that like half second delay before the, before it hits on the pipe. And then, and then it launches, you know, so you have to like time that. So you hit the wake just right. It was the whole thing. And again, like you just get completely exhausted mentally and physically because you're trying to go out there and execute the trick that you want to execute. Yep. So... This does that, and to know that there is no end, like there's always a detail and a detail and a detail of a. You know, I I call it. It's like a it's like a crystalline pattern. There's like five major positions, like you know, side control, mount. You you've seen it on. If you watch MMA, you've heard about all of yeah, that. Yeah, oh yeah. Side control, mount. You know, whatever guard. But then each one of those has five options. And each of those options yeah, has five options, and it just all of those it just continues to go to out extension. forever. And then you find the thing that you're good at. You know, you find okay. Well, I'm I prefer to do this, or I like this, or oh, I could be better at this. Yeah. Okay. Well, I need to go down that path, and and then you're chaining stuff together. And uh, it and that's what I love about it. So it's it's physical, and I can I I never stop learning. Yeah. No, that's I'm never done I'm never done learning. There's always gonna be something that I don't know. And so and to have the two of those things intertwined, I'm hooked. Yeah, I'm what else all, do you want? I'm all in. You know, it's it's something that I can be passionate about. I my son does it. You know, he just turned nine yesterday and uh I know. Um and so you know, he's been doing it for uh two years, I think, two or three years. I guess it's been longer than three for me anyway. Um and and he's learning from it and it's it's taught him a lot of mental toughness. Oh you yeah. Know, I I wanted him I've told him this before. I mean I didn't tell him this in the very beginning, but I wanted him to do it because I wanted him to become comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things in life that are uncomfortable. Fact. And and there's value and there's there's just to be a, a the sort of person that can that can go through something hard and go, I've been through worse. Oh yeah. Or I've been through hard before and I can deal with this. Yeah. I, I got this. Yeah. I got this. Exactly. And I mean, I, I deal with that at work. Like if I have something's going, like if there's some shit storm going on with my day job and I'm like, well, this isn't as bad as the time. So, and so, you know, tried to choke me out or <laughs> I dislocated my finger or yeah. whatever. Like, I mean, it's like I've been through worse stuff and it suddenly, it just gives you all this like uh, context. For, like, okay, what, what, what is bad, really? I mean, this sucks, but, you know, it's not burning the dash on somebody's truck. Yeah. Right? No and fun. panicking because you can't get inside. Yeah, That's sure. worse. That's worse. It's like, it's one thing to have the thing go down, but to, like, n- have no control over how to stop it, I can only imagine. Yeah. That was, makes your brain... Ooh, that gives me like I literally just got chills like I got chills just thinking about like the, the panic of, it was like, it was sheer chaos oh my god oh my god because you have to focus like you have to like calm yourself down and go okay I had I had the battery unhooked
1: too oh, that's god. the crazy part so I and the doors were shaved somehow I managed to hold the lugs with my hand on the battery and click the popper oh wow and I jumped across and looked under and I saw it and I sprinted and got the water hose and just shoved it under the dash <laughs> yeah but yeah in that sheer moment it was just like it was
0: total total chaos so on the off chance that somebody's listening and they don't know what shave shaved doors are um it's when uh for aesthetic reasons alone people think it's a really good idea to remove the door handles from the outside of the vehicle and put sheet metal in their place um literally only to make it look good um I would say that on maybe a one out of 20 chance they work reliably in their new configuration. Like somebody will have a remote control or they'll have like a hidden button and there's like cables involved and, and solenoids that were made in China and it's a whole situation and it, very rarely works out well and i think that's why you just don't see it that much anymore
1: yeah not not like it used to be no. so no nah, it's it's kind of a dying thing you know yeah,
0: door handles are cool <laughs> i like
1: my door handles yeah me too <laughs> me too so yeah that was definitely
0: a learning curve for me all right man so i think i think i'm good i think i asked you all the questions i wanted to ask you that's good um where can everybody find you
1: uh on the internet platforms yep uh instagram's the biggest one facebook we're on facebook too but it's hard to see stuff on there these days yeah uh um, they link now yeah i knew that but you know like but i say as far as people like actually seeing the content that you post oh okay you know what i mean because they, they don't show it unless you pay for it oh, <laughs> type of oh yeah you yeah, know yeah. But, but now instagram's a great place that's 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 kind of where we're best, and then obviously email and, and stuff. And our websites are 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 live, and uh, the the parts website's always current. The, the other one we update our builds probably once every month or two.
0: And what's your Instagram?
1: Uh, infamous metal fab. Okay, it's N F A M U S. Yep, not I. <laughs> <laughs> every that's the that's the hardest thing is the name. Yeah, yeah, but it's too late now, man. We've had it for too
0: long. Yeah, right. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, Keith, it's been an absolute honor. Thank, Thank you. you for giving me uh, this time. I know you're a busy guy, and I'm sure there's probably going to be at least one person out there that's going, must be nice to have all this time to talk to Robin instead of working on my truck. Uh, well, I don't, I you don't know care. What? Tough. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Tough. Um, man, this has been really cool. Thank you for taking time to yeah. talk to us and, uh, and, and sharing your story with the Artists in Octane Nation. And uh, all right, guys, that's it. Keith, thank you very much. Thank you again. Thank you. All right, guys. Until next week, this is the Artist and Octane Podcast. And just like that, we are done with 10 episodes of the Artist and Octane Podcast I can't believe it. Thank you, Keith, and thank you, everybody, that's helped me get here, and definitely thank you, all you listeners, for taking the time and you know, for supporting the podcast and getting the downloads. It means the world to me. It really does. I mean, I get to see all the statistics about, you know, who in what state and city and country even. You know, we got some listeners in Ireland that blows my mind. Anyway, thank you guys so much. Um, check out the website, octane.com. I've got all the podcasts hosted there. Uh, If you want to listen to them or you can go to your, you know, your regular podcast channel, whether it's Spotify or Apple podcast, Um, any ratings, you know, if you guys could give me a five star rating, of course, I would love it. It really helps other people find the podcast. So, yeah, that'd be great. All right, guys, have a great holiday. Love y'all. Bye.